On this episode, we smoke five cigars so that you don't have to, but you might want to. Follow along, you don't have to smoke along. We take the torture so that you can take the benefit. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome everybody to Burn Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Thacker Jr. And I'm your host, Keith Luter. Keith, good morning. Good morning, John. He said, knocking over the entire audio setup. He said, that was him. That was Thacker. Did not be misled. <clears throat> um, tell me about this coffee, because it's pretty good. Yeah, so we today we are drinking something different. We're drinking um, the Southern Pecan from Merlin's Coffee. They are located at 10 South Franklin Street here in Hanover, Pennsylvania. And we are coming to you, not live, from the hot box, the smoky back room, from the Blanco Cigar Lounge at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and a beautiful day for cigars and a beautiful day for this Merlin's Coffee. So if you are in Hanover and visiting Union Cigar, where we are recording this podcast, be sure to stop by Merlin's Coffee at 10 South Franklin Street and see what they have to offer. Uh, I like this. Yeah, this is really good coffee. It's really good stuff. We had an event with him a couple, uh, I want to say about a month or two ago, and he came in. His name's Eric. Really cool dude. Very live wire kind of guy. Um, I, I loved it. Coffee, cigars. It was a great event. I hope to do more with him soon. Awesome. Yeah, I love uh, partnering with local businesses and stuff for uh, business events, and I love pairing cigars with coffee. Um, and I confess I might be, um, intentionally coating my palate with a little bit of coffee oil before we get smoking because we're about to get palate raped. Yes. Um, so for everybody out there, you know, a lot of the cigar podcasts will feature cigars that are hard to find, rare, new releases, expensive, etc. And that's a real service to us as cigar smokers, because you might want someone else to sort of take the hit before you shell out for something you might not like, right? Uh, so I get it. Here at Burnline, however, we focus more on what we would just normally be smoking when we come into the lounge and share our experience with you. And a lot of us have an everyday smoke cigar. We might have that Sunday cigar or that I'm hanging out at the lounge on the weekend cigar where we you know, have a higher budget, but then we have the, okay, I really want a cigar, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right. But I can't afford that Milano Maduro that we smoked last week, right? So I get it. Uh, this week, we're going to smoke not one, but five affordable cigars. Dear God. We're going to try. So we put this uh, little tasting together for all of you guys out there to go through five of the um, more affordable cigars that are in the humidor and uh we're just kind of gonna see what happens so we are smoking the diesel unholy cocktail the carreras chupacabra hellcat hellcatito the havana q from the quorum line of jc newman the blanco primos classic natural toro in connecticut shade and the drew estate kentucky fire cured sweets chunky and all of these retail for just over or below uh, $6. Um, so these are the kind of smokes that you might pick up throughout the week and not really have to worry about uh, your budget the way you would if you were smoking a, 
a Padron every day. And that's all of our financial goals is to be able to smoke a Padron every day. That's right. That's how you know you made it. So before we get started, do you have any predictions for this lineup? I do. Uh, my first prediction is that my palate is going to hate me and I might possibly throw up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I hope everybody out there appreciates the torment we're putting ourselves through uh, for your benefit. Um, Keith, why don't we uh, kick this off with the diesel unholy cocktail? We're going to start right. there. And while you clip your cigar, the diesel unholy cocktail is a 5x56 torpedo. It's sort of a... a fat and short torpedo it retails for 575 um this is blended by aj fernandez the wrapper is pennsylvania broadleaf maduro the filler is nicaraguan lajero uh, from three regions esteli jalapa and condega and of course the binder is nicaraguan havana so i like that for an inexpensive cigar they really went to a lot of trouble to let us know where the tobacco came from um it sounds like it's going to be really strong. Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro is a strong wrapper. And uh, Lajero is strong leaf, as you would know if you listen to our episode on parts of the tobacco plant. So right from the cold draw, I haven't lit it yet. From a cold draw, right off the bat, I'm getting a lot of leather right, right then and there. No question about that. Hmm. Woody flavor, leather. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot of a lot of leather and wood right there on the cold draw. And so a lot of slobber on my cigar. <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and, as usual, clip our cigars with authority and toast them, not roast them. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. It's toasted. I get it. I am using my not French soft butane lighter. That looks like something Harvey Specter might buy just for the hell of it. Shout out to USA Network. Hashtag not sponsored. Is that like a Chinese knockoff of a DuPont? <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you said it out loud on, on the show. Why that's not? Exactly, that's exactly what it Why is. Why not? We're not we're not sponsored by them yet. <laughs> but no, we, we, are, we are not sponsored by them. And uh, I'm certain that this is illegal, but I came across it and I had to pick it up just for gits and shiggles. We were going over letters the other day. Um, Jeremy, who's one of the tobacconists here in Union Cigar, he has an, he has a Dupont uh, lighter, and although it's nice, it's been it's been having some issues with them lately. Like I'll that. bet he would have less issues with them if they advertised on their show. Oh, I guarantee it. One day, one day. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So uh, basically, the way this show is going to go, a little bit different for all of you guys out there that have have uh, rabidly followed our three episodes, whatever the hell we've got out there. Um, we are going to give each cigar up to 10 minutes um, and then give our palates a couple minutes to rest uh, before we jump on the next cigar. Uh, I do have some sparkling water. Um, I didn't have any almonds, so that's something that a lot of the blenders do when they're tasting their stuff to cleanse their palate is is just, you know, roasted almonds, no flavor, no salt, nothing like that. Um well, our, our coffee has pecan. I mean, that's same. same I mean, <laughs> I, I don't idea. think that's the same. Thing. Um, all right. So got it lit. Wow. That is a perfect burn line. No I mean, pun intended. Is, yeah. No pun intended. Um, 
Yeah, I'm actually really surprised. This is lit well. It's burning well. Nope, I can use a quick touch up, and that is perfect. Okay, so right off the bat, I will I will say that, uh, one, I appreciate, I hate foot bands. This one has a foot band, and it's the only band. I really appreciate that it's the only band. Right. And I appreciate that it came right off. Yep. Didn't affect the foot whatsoever. That's kind of a fragile part of the cigar, right? Uh, so very well done for the packaging. And I think that they helped bring, you know, keep the cost down with kind of no no frills, no bullshit packaging on these. I appreciate that. Um, mine is well-constructed. It's burning well. Uh, it has this dark, oily wrapper, you know, kind of typical of your Pennsylvania Broadleaf, um, you know, rustic. Like, Pennsylvania Broadleaf is not known for being, like, a beautiful tobacco leaf. It's known for being flavorful. Uh, so let's get into some... Uh, some tasting notes. I do have the compliment that it's dark and oily. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love a dark oily cigar. It really, I mean, this is a really good looking cigar. You know, this this doesn't look like a 575 cigar. Right. So, I mean, it's still oak and leather, which is surprising because usually the cold draw and the warm draw are totally different or, right, yeah. or dissimilar. Um, I would also say there's some earth in there. Earth, oak, leather, those are the ma- major notes that I'm hitting. How about you? Yeah, I would say about the same. Oak, wood, leather. I can definitely taste the spicy part of the Nicaraguan Lajero. It's not as strong as some cigars on first light. We'll have to see as it burns down a little bit. I suspect this is going to turn into a real throat kicker. It could, yeah. So I think my palate it might be a little confused, I want to say, because I know you drink your coffee black, no sugar, no cream. Me, I put a, a good bit of sugar in mine, so I think that's that sugariness is kind of coating that that pepper and coating the the spice for me. Well, Keith, you're a podcast host. You can't you can't compromise the integrity of the show just oh, because you're not a grown man and can't drink black coffee. <laughs> well, it, it's colored black. I mean, but it's just not you know sugary. Keith likes his coffee just like him, black and sugary. So um, here's something folks might not know. This was blended by A.J. Fernandez. Yeah, I actually did not know that. Yeah, so um, I think Fernandez is a pretty good blender. I like a lot of his stuff. Um, I think he can put the leaves together uh, pretty well. Um, You know, all the blenders out there, like their level of knowledge and skill and everything is so astronomically above my piddly little knowledge of cigars from smoking them that, uh, you know, they're kind of all way up in the stratosphere for me. Uh, but there's a few that stand out. I think A.J. Fernandez is one of them. Um, I think uh, Francisco Almonte and Dave Blanco, those three probably stand out. Right. And then there's some companies that make great cigars, and their blenders don't stand out simply because their cigars are so similar. I think I would put Padron in that category, and I think I would put uh, Fuente in that category. Mm. They're great, well-blended cigars, but because they're all similar... I don't really think about who's blending. Right. So I think we might be underselling AJ Fernandez a little bit because he has his hand in everything. I know. I know. He's that all over the place. Wizard. Yeah. He is. He's all over the place in the cigar industry, blending for several companies out there. Or I should say blending with more so a collaboration. collaboration. Yeah. 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 Collaborative for sure. So uh, Diesel, I think the uh, pepper is picking up a little bit and the spice uh, that I would expect from this uh, 
cocktail of Nicaraguan Ligero. Um, definitely a bold cigar. I suspect it's going to get bolder. Okay, so we have smoked enough of this to have an opinion, and uh, we're going to have to move on to our next cigar because we are running the gauntlet, and we need to give our palates a little time to clear. So I will give my closing thoughts on the Diesel Unholy Cocktail. First of all, it is a bold smoke. I would not recommend smoking on an empty stomach. Um, this is a really delicious cigar. If you like bold, strong, uh, surprisingly... I don't taste any kind of chocolate, cocoa, anything like that. No, not at all. Um, however, strong oak, strong leather. I can feel like the pepper picking up. I think it's going to be a real kicker as it burns down. Um, and I smoked this before the show because we can't smoke the whole cigar on the show mm -hmm. so that I could have you know, some um, tasting notes and stuff from further along uh, for folks if they're trying to make a choice on which affordable daily cigar uh, they can smoke. Um, <clears throat> it was about an hour smoke for me. So 5 by 56 it's a decent amount of tobacco, and I don't uh, slow smoke my cigars. You know how I, I smoke them pretty steady and evenly when I'm not talking on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it was about an hour-long smoke. So I think this is a great value, 575 um, What are you thinking about this cigar, Keith? So I'm going to keep my review simple. I'm going to say pass-fail. This, this is a pass. This is a good cigar, great price, good flavor. As you mentioned, you know you don't want to have this on an empty stomach. It's a good cigar. It definitely gets the pass from me. All right. And that is the Diesel Unholy Cocktail. I like the branding, man. Like, Unholy Cocktail. Like oh, my that, God, yeah. It's like an, it immediately makes you think, what is this cigar made out of? And I don't know why it's unholy necessarily, but uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's some cool names like the Wicked Witch's Brew. That one's awesome. Yeah. So one thing I will say is this cigar burned way better than I thought it would because all of the filler is Lijero, which is kind of your worst burning leaf. Uh, but they did a great job. I mean, yeah, you can see I've got about an inch smoked on that and the burn line is pretty straight the ash is holding together um it's it's burning better than i thought it would yeah that looks pretty good all right so our next affordable cigar we are going to go ahead and clear our palates a little bit we've got some sparkling water we've got some coffee i've got a monster energy that's not gonna help yeah it's not gonna help and our next cigar is the esteban carreras chupacabra hellcat hellcatito this is a 4.5 by 44 box press uh, the best way I can describe this is like half a Lonsdale. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, a, like take it as a, as a box press. Take a take a Lonsdale, make it a box press, and then cut it in half. Yeah. So, I've got a few problems right out out of the gate with this. Um, the presentation, by the way, the Hellcat is similar to the Chupacabra, except it has a San Andres Mexican wrapper. It does not have the pigtail head it does have the shag foot but it also has a band and then like another band holding a wax paper sleeve and then a foot band and i cannot get this to come off and this is a small cigar and it's box pressed you want to pinch that the white part of it and just pull the whole thing off yeah it's not it's not working for me i mean that's on there good oh 
That really is. <laughs> yeah, like it won't slide off. So I'm having to take like, and then the top, the top second band is like underneath the first band, and yep, it's glued to the wrapper. And I just took so this a bunch of wrapper off. You can look at the inside of that band. Oh yeah, that's all fucked. And I took took a bunch of wrapper off. So this cigar retails for six twenty five. The wrapper is San Andres Mexican. The binder and filler is Nicaraguan. It does not have the pigtail like the uh, larger Vitolas. Uh, it does still have the shag foot. So we're going to go ahead and give this a cut and toast it up. Got a nice little toast there. See, that's why I hate shag foots. Yes, I'm not a fan of shag foot either. They are difficult to light evenly. And you kind of have to let the shag burn off because it doesn't taste right. Yeah, and it sparks up everywhere. Yeah. Makes a yeah. mess. I do not do not like shagfoots. Not recommended. Okay. So I've got a nice little toast going. And uh, let's give it a few puffs. So this is 50 cents more than the Unholy Cocktail, and it's about, what, half the tobacco? Feels like it. It feels like I'm, honestly, it feels like I'm hitting like a a blunt. That's the same. Yeah, the same it's thing. almost like um, not a cigarillo, but mm-hmm. a small cigar, right? Yeah, you're, you you need to yeah. touch that up. And that is the hazard of a shag foot is you kind of have to burn all of the shag off before you can toast it properly. And a lot a lot of the times the shag will like, kind of spark and fly around the atmosphere and occasionally it'll fly back onto the wrapper and create a little pinhole so not a fan there we go back in business back in business so my first uh, comment here is this uh, 44 box press it's actually difficult for me to get a tight seal around the cigar with my lips to draw smoke through the cigar. And if you put enough pressure, if I put enough pressure with my lips around it to sort of seal it, I can feel it deforming a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm, you know, messing it up. Maybe I'm not, but uh, I think it's a little too small. I don't think it's, you're messing it up. I think that's the craftsmanship and put into the to the cigar I, I don't think this is that great of a cigar to be honest with you well so far not impressed with the wrapper at all I mean I just took off a quarter inch chunk of wrapper trying to get this over wrapped cigar off not impressed with the shag foot and I'm having difficulty tasting it because I can't really draw on it without sucking air in around the side this just you know if it was round I could probably get a decent seal but with this small ring gauge and box press, how do you get your lips around a 44 ring gauge square? Controversial take. I taste cardboard. I don't, I don't really get any good flavors out of this right now. I think that's fair. I would, I would say right now, first few draws, uh, first of all, it's mid-bodied. Um, we'll see if it picks up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I mean, this is a tough one. You're right. I mean, it tastes like burning cardboard so far. Um, let me see if I can taste something more than just sort of tobacco. I mean, it tastes like rolled up Volato. That's what it tastes like. Okay. 
the bottom leaves on the cigar plant. They don't right. have a lot of flavor. They burn well. Butternut squash. <laughs> Let it die, Keith. <laughs> Let that one go. You know, I finally had some butternut squash the other week. Uh, Panera Bread, they have this uh, new soup. It is a, like a tikka masala, mm-hmm. chicken masala, mm-hmm. something like that. And there's a good bit of butternut squash in it. I'm like, huh. That's Tastes what like it a is. cigar. Tastes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tastes like a cigar. No, but it was really good. Okay, so the only thing I'll say is, to be fair, we just smoked the Unholy Cocktail. It is a strong, bold cigar. And so maybe this tastes a little flat compared to that. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I've got nothing. You know, like, maybe a little touch of cocoa. Um and that's about it. I don't think this is a cigar I would finish. No, God, no. No. It's burning very quickly. This is not a lot of tobacco. I'm trying I'm trying to get some kind of flavor out of it, but I just I really just taste cardboard, man. That burnt cardboard smell, that's exactly what it tastes like for me. Well, I'm going to set this down. I think that's enough smoking on that one. Um, final thoughts for me. Um I think it's overpriced at six twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, not much or not enough tobacco, probably. Um, flat, one note, uh, not a lot of flavor. Um, you know, this might be a, a fishing cigar, um, but honestly, at that price point, there's so many choices. Fishing cigar, hmm. Where you drop it in the water on purpose? I yeah, uh, I think that was like <laughs> it's gonna give me. You know what? Here's what I would do. I would bring a couple of Padrones in my little Herfador, you know, or, or some, some nicer cigars, and I'd have one of those with me, too. And I would be like, oh, whoops, it's in the water. I better smoke a good cigar. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> um, so, I guess not a hit. Um, Keith, what do you say? Pass, fail. Fail. Okay. So Not, we- not buying this one again. I, I do not like the cigar. Okay. So, we had a, had a pass, had a fail. Let's go ahead and let our palate rest for a minute and um we will dive into the next one so we had uh the unholy cocktail uh again bold strong um smokes a good long time i'm i'm really surprised at the price point and i know they saved money on packaging mm-hmm. with these um but it doesn't seem like they saved enough to sell it for 575 um really impressed with that cigar the uh chupacabra hellcat uh, Hellcat Tito, you know, maybe it's partly the Vitola, um, but uh, did not have much luck with, with that one. Um, a little flat, uh, hard to actually draw the smoke in because you can't really get a seal around it. It's an odd shape. Yeah. Um, so two cigars down, and uh, up next is the Havana Q from the Quorum line by J.C. Newman. So this is a really interesting cigar. This is a 5x56 double Robusto, and it retails for $3. So this is the cost leader in our comparison, the cheapest cigar, or least expensive cigar that we will smoke all day. Let's go ahead and clip this. So I will say ahead of time, I smoked the cigar. I have bought the cigar a lot, quite often. And there is a story that I actually love telling when I sell this one to customers. I'll go ahead and share it here on the, on the podcast with you guys. So one of the owners here at Union Cigar, Jordan, he had attended a wedding party. And all the guys there, they're all, you know, 
they smoked for a while, 10, 15 years or so smoking. So they're not, they're not, by no means they're not amateurs just smoking cigars. So he took a bunch of these Havana cues with him to this wedding party. And he took the bands off, handed them out to the guys. And about halfway through, he's like, hey, how much would you guys pay for a cigar like this? Collectively, all of them said, eh, 10, 12, $13. Man, this is a $3 cigar. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good story about uh, the ratio of like experience to cost. And that's basically how I define a value cigar. Right? Some people say value and they mean cheap or inexpensive. That's me. Anything under five bucks. Or right. I'm sorry, ten bucks now. Yeah, cigars cigars have come up in the past few uh, past few years. For me, a value cigar, the value comes in the ratio of the enjoyment experience to the price, um, and that's a pretty good testimony there. So, I've got a nice little toast going on this. I'm gonna let it burn before I share any tasting notes. This is a Nicaraguan puro. It has a Habano wrapper and Cuban seed filler and binder, and. If you read the marketing materials, the purpose of this cigar is to sort of imitate the, the Cuban experience of cigars, which, you know, Cuban cigars are sort of known for being floral, aromatic, flavorful. Um, they tend to, to be strong in the sense of like a, the nicotine punch, but they're not like that bold, you know, strong flavor like you get from a um, barrel-aged Nicaraguan wrapper like we had on the Blanco Primos Estate Selection. Yeah, I think this is a strong contender amongst this five-cigar gauntlet. Very, very strong contender. The price point is right, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. If we were supposed to have like a, a ranking or some kind of declared winner, I would say so far I think Havana Q or the Primos that's upcoming would probably take the tie for first. Well, we will get to that next. For now, let's take some uh, puffs on this J.C. Newman Quorum Havana Q, 5x56 Double Robusto, and see what we're tasting. Keith, what's coming through for you? Yeah, so I get a, a good bit of leather taste to it. Just a subtle hint, a subtle hint of, of spice, a kick, just a little kick there. Some earthy tones, some floral tones, as you mentioned, has that... That, that mimic of Cuban, if you will. Not mimic, but a compliment to, if you will, the heritage of that kind of cigar. Um, yeah, a good bit of that, of that floral flavor. Yeah, so the first thing I'll say is I think they nailed it, especially for a Nicaraguan puro, um, trying to sort of imitate the experience of a Cuban smoke. Um, this is definitely mild, Um Floral, aromatic. I think the thing that surprised me the most, I'm about a, a quarter of an inch in, um, is the caramel. There's this little caramel note in there that is a little mm. surprising. Um, leather, earth. Um, like you said, just a touch of that Nicaraguan pepper. Uh, definitely toned down. And then maybe like uh, espresso. So now that I've tried retrohaling, I, I got that caramel. Mm -hmm. Got a little bit of that. Yep, it's just a hint, and it's definitely like on the retrohale. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. Mm -hmm. Well, I will tell you, uh, so far, this is a very enjoyable cigar. I, I could see this as a daily smoke. Um, it has a complex, like surprisingly complex flavor. 
mm-hmm. for a, a $3 cigar, it's a shockingly complex flavor. It's mild. That means that it can kind of fill more roles. You know, the Unholy Cocktail is a great cigar, but it is bold and strong. That's not a breakfast cigar. It's not a yard work cigar. You know, it, it might make you, you know, a little a little buzzy. Right. Um, I feel like this one, it has great flavor, but you could be doing exercise, doing yard work, something like that, and not pass out. You could have it with breakfast, before breakfast. Um, yeah, it's a cigar for all seasons. It is. It's a cigar for all seasons. I really, I really enjoy the flavor on this. Like, it's uh, balanced, it's complex, and it's mild enough that you can really just take a nice mouthful of smoke, roll it around your palate, retrohale it without singeing your, your nostrils. Right. And you don't necessarily have to chew the smoke to get mm-hmm. uh, the flavor out of it. You're, you're getting it right from the palate mm-hmm. itself. You know, once it hits your tongue, you get that flavors. So not as well constructed as the Unholy Cocktail. Uh, burning a little crooked. Um, some some of my cigars burning a little faster than others. But certainly nothing I can complain about, you know, given the price point. Um, it mine's is starting to tunnel a little bit. This yeah, is, you got, yeah, I see a little tunneling. Um I will say that uh, it's burning cool. Mm-hmm. That really helps with the transfer of flavors. But it's still a good burn line. Yeah, it is. Um, it's just burning. I think both of ours are burning crooked. Yeah. You can see where the, uh, you know, probably a lot of the cost savings came in with the uh, grade of the leaf and the grade of the roller. Um, certainly nothing to complain about. I don't think it affects my cigar smoking experience too much. If you like mild cigars, this might be the one for you. You can taste all of the flavors, partly because it's mild. Um, if you're looking for something with more kick, this isn't it. It's definitely in the sort of Cuban tradition. I think they nailed it. I think Newman nailed this one. I'm inclined to agree. For me, it gets a pass. Yep, and for me as well. Great value. I mean, less than half the price of the Chupacabra Hell Catito we just smoked, and it's twice the amount of tobacco. Um and certainly far more flavorful. Uh, great, uh, great stick here. Good choice for anybody that's looking for an affordable daily smoke. If you can't afford $3 a day for a cigar, just give up that Starbucks, and now you can afford it. I will tell you what, man. I'm not sure this five-cigar thing was a great idea. <laughs> God, no. Of course it wasn't. <laughs> but I will tell you, I am enjoying the hell out of this Merlin's coffee. This uh, Southern Pecan... Yeah, this is good. This is really good. You know, a lot of these um, flavored coffees, I can taste the flavoring element. Mm. Um, I can't so much in in this coffee. It's a very nice, subtle touch of Southern Pecan. It doesn't taste like somebody squirted pecan oil in there, you know? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, and other people listening to the podcast, we are just giving our palate... A little bit of a rest before we jump into our next cigar, and I think it's interesting as we smoke these through, the ones we like, we're saving to finish smoking later, right? (laughs) and the ones we don't are in the bottom of the ashtray. (laughs) All right, so uh, three cigars down, two to go. We are torturing ourselves so that you don't have to, and we'll do a recap at the end um, and probably rank them uh, in order. Our next stick is the Blanco Primos classic natural toro so this is the most tobacco that we're going to smoke today it is a six by 56 toro it retails for four dollars and 25 cents 
The wrapper is a Connecticut shade. The binder and filler are Nicaraguan. So let's go ahead and give this a cut and light. And as usual, we remind you to clip your cigar with authority. No pussyfooting around. No mashing your cigar with a tentative cut. That has been stuck in my head. Every time I go to cut a cigar, as I say it, or as I go to cut, with authority. There you go. Every time. And we are toasting, not roasting, all of these cigars. I think I gave a little too much authority. Yes, you did. So, since we are audio only, I will describe to the listeners um, Keith's cap on his head split with that deep V cut. And I think that deep V cut went past the cap on that cut. Just a little, just a little bit there. So we're just uh, getting some flame in here, and we should have a uh, episode on lighting your cigar. We talk about lighters. Should have one about uh, the toasting, not roasting, what it really looks like. I think it's hard to do an audio format only. It might be an instructional video type, but I notice neither one of us is sort of sucking the flame into the pipe while we're lighting. Mm. We're uh, holding the cigar vertically and blowing on the cherry. So I guess the first thing that I would say is um, this is a lot of tobacco for a yeah. 425. Yep. In fact, the uh, Quorum Double Robusto is a uh, sort of a valid Vitola. Um, other than that, this is the only one that's an actual, like, full-size cigar Vitola. Um, the Unholy Cocktail is like a torpedo missing an inch, and all the others are tiny. So you're getting a full-size cigar here. And right off of the bat, um, I would say I'm getting spice, vanilla, oak, I really like the the mouthfeel, that texture. Mm-hmm. It's very light to the palate. It doesn't really attack your palate too harshly. But it's a very the, the, the actual smoke to it is very light to you. Yeah, I agree. It's a little cotton candy feel. I like that. Yeah, this is a surprisingly sweet cigar, right? For a non-flavored, which uh, saved the best for last there <clears throat> on oh, our yeah. next stick. But um, this definitely has a like sweet vanilla flavor to it. And what's missing, interestingly, is that uh, bitter taste you often get with Connecticut wrappers. So Connecticut shade wrappers tend to be light and mild, but also on the bitter end of the spectrum. Um, I'm not really getting too much of that. I am getting um, oak and leather, a little bit of spice, uh, and a surprising, like, sweet vanilla component. Yeah, now that you're saying vanilla, it's not... So I'm not really getting much of, like, a like vanilla ice cream or vanilla bean. It's more of, like, the... Well, I'm sorry, it is, like, a vanilla bean flavor. Yeah, like a vanilla bean, not, like, vanilla soft serve. Right. Yeah, to me, what this tastes like is if you took, like, three vanilla beans and you wrapped them in your 15-year-old... Levi's leather belt and then you took an oak two by four and muddled it with that oak two by four Okay, and then you licked the end of the two by four. That's what this cigar tastes like. Either you have a really refined palate or a weird childhood man. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go option C all of the above. That's right. Because you've mentioned something like that before. You said uh, what cigar was that? Well, I remember what cigar it was, but you mentioned taking a baseball bat <laughs> and smacking the hell out of like a coffee bean or something. Yeah, that was the uh, 
That was the Dominican big leaguer. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Reserva exclusive, a second generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you took a square of dark chocolate and hit a home run with a cedar baseball bat and then licked the bat. That's what that cigar tastes like. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing that now, like little Johnny in the backyard throwing what? up a chunk of chocolate and just whack and just licking the bat. <laughs> so uh, good construction. Um, you know, the I don't think the tobacco is as sort of um, firmly packed together as in the unholy cocktail. You know, you can see if you look at the, the ridges on the ash, like compare these side by side. Do you see how the the wafers on the unholy cocktail are much thinner? Yeah. Right. That has to do with sort of how tightly the tobacco's rolled. Um, so this is a little more loosely packed. the The burn line is fantastic. Um, they seem to be burning very evenly, well constructed. The uh, wrapper's nice. It's not uh, special. It's a little flat looking. Like it doesn't look super oily. Uh, it's definitely you know, on the rustic side with the veins and stuff, kind of what you would expect in this uh, price point. Um, and I would pe- peg this as like, I don't know, mild to mid. Yeah, I would agree. Mild to mid. Well-constructed, good flavor, very light, mild to mid, medium flavor. And I'm picking up a little bit of like spice as it burns down a little bit. You know, not much, but enough to keep it interesting. Yeah, I'm still getting that sweetness. I haven't picked up much spice yet. There's a lot of sweetness on this. Mm-hmm. I'll let it cool down a little bit because I see that it's very red. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, for a Connecticut shade wrapper, it's just not as bitter as I would expect. Right. So that probably has to do with the fermentation process. You know, another uh, cigar company that surprises me with their Connecticut's is uh, Perdomo. Um, you know, their Connecticut's are a lot stronger than mm. some of your typical. Like that Lot 23? Yeah great cigar yeah a lot stronger than some of your typical connecticut's this one is not stronger but it is less bitter and really surprisingly sweet i mean the uh binder and filler are you know sort of proprietary nicaraguan they don't go into a lot of detail there um but it's a connecticut shade wrapper and uh those are typically known for you know having that little bitter component just by virtue of the fact that they're you know, a Connecticut shade. That's <laughs> that's how they uh, develop. So this might have gone through a longer fermentation process. You will notice, like, the color of the wrapper is darker than, like, an Ashton, Connecticut, um, or some of your uh, sort of expected shade on your uh, on your Connecticut wrapper. So it may be that it was fermented a little longer, but I'm really liking the flavor profile on this. I think if I wanted a mild to mid cigar... Um, this kind of hits the spot. All right, so I guess my uh, closing thoughts on the Blanco Primos Classic Natural Toro. At four twenty-five, it is our second most affordable cigar. It is the most tobacco, um, light, sweet, little oak, little leather, little vanilla, just a touch of spice, just enough to keep it interesting. Um, you know, fair disclosure. Smoked the whole cigar before the podcast just so I could uh, share anything interesting with the audience. And the spice definitely picks up, you know, when you get into the last third. Um, Great value cigar, you know. You want to make sure that you're looking for something in this, you know, mild to mid uh, profile range. But great smoke. Keith? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Um, 
I'm going to keep it simple, I would say this is a pass. 100%. This is a great cigar for you're waking up having your coffee. Um, you're driving around, you know, you, whatever the case may be. It's a, it's a very, it's an active cigar. You can be on the golf course, you know, fishing, skiing, an all-purpose cigar, just like the Havana Q. Yeah, I agree. Good, good all-purpose cigar. It's not going to knock you out. You don't have to be sitting down or have a full stomach or anything to enjoy it. Um, and I really like the the flavor profile. It's pretty unique. Yeah. You know? uh, I was trying to think of what else sort of tastes like it, and nothing, you know, came came to mind immediately, which is a little surprising because I've smoked almost every cigar that they sell in America at this point, right. <laughs> and uh, usually I can cross reference you know, some flavor profiles. Um, this one's kind of cool. Like if you're looking for something that doesn't, doesn't really taste like anything else, um, you might want to give this a shot. And at 425, very approachable. So four down, one to go. I feel like uh, Rocky Balboa at the foot of the steps. Mm -hmm. We're almost there. Almost there. <laughs> so for our last stick, as we uh, cleanse our palates for everybody out there, you know, we just wanted to do a service for everybody. We were thinking about, you know, how people use this podcast. And uh, we wanted to go ahead and take the hit so you don't have to and smoke a bunch of affordable cigars, pass our thoughts along so that you can try one. And who knows, you might pick up a new affordable daily smoke. As you mentioned, uh, Rocky Balboa, I'm over here thinking Stan Marsh from, uh, from South Park. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. That's kind of this podcast. Like, I'm Rocky and you're South Park. Like, our personalities, that's the, uh, right. <laughs> the uh, compliment right there. So, our last smoke. Okay. So, I got to be honest. I'm not really looking forward to this. No. Um, so, <laughs> keep that in mind. I might be a little biased. We are going to smoke the Kentucky Fire Cured Sweets Chunky. The Kentucky Fire Cured comes in regular and then sweets. And the sweets have a sweet-flavored tip. Um, Kentucky Fire Cured is owned by Drew Estate, although they don't really cross-brand. There's nothing on the Kentucky Fire Cured packaging, etc. Other than the little stamp on the back that says uh, Drew Estate. Um, the it, Rebirth of Cigars. The Rebirth of Cigars. Um, and it doesn't really cross reference like with any of Drew's other lines. Like this is a standalone line. It's not really complimentary of anything. Um, the sweets are new. The originally it was just Kentucky fire cure. Then they added the sweets version. So a little bit about this cigar. It is a four by 46. So a little tiny, uh, cigar. It retails for six twenty five. The wrapper is San Andres Mexican. The binder is Nicaraguan. And then the filler is Nicaraguan and Kentucky tobacco, Kentucky seed, Kentucky grown, and Kentucky fire cured in Hopkinsville, uh, Kentucky. So we are going to give this a clip and a light. And I just realized that my cutter serves as a stand. Yes, it is a multi-purpose tool. But not sponsored yet. Which is why we're not going to mention the brand name. So we're throwing some fire on this. Getting it nice and toasted. We want to maximize our enjoyment as much as that's possible with this uh, cigar. So I like to say there's a cigar for everybody. <laughs> and uh, 
we went ahead and threw this in here. These are fairly popular. Yeah. I, you guys sell a fair amount of Kentucky Fire Cured. Yeah, I would say there is a, a cigar for every season and a cigar for every reason. For me, the cigar is not it, but I do sell a fair amount of them. A lot of guys, you know, they're sitting by a campfire. You know, they're out, outside smoking meats. And this cigar, I will say it certainly compliments that. It has the aroma of like a bonfire or a campfire. And that mesquite kind of taste. So I can I can see the uh, the call for it, I guess you could say, the popularity for it. And we are really enjoying this soft flame butane lighter in this contained environment. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like this a lot, actually. I would say if I was underneath a fan or an exhaust vent, or if I were outside, couldn't use it. The flame yeah. just goes out way too easily. But in this sort of controlled environment back here, in the hot box, um, it works really well. It's kind of like a match. Okay, so we've got some uh, fire going in here. It's uh, burned down enough to get some uh, decent notes. First thing I will say is it is not burning very well. Um, I've got a tunnel happening and is not burning evenly. Uh, as far as tasting notes goes, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to try to be charitable here. You know what? I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I I thought going into this, I would I wasn't going to like it, but this isn't bad. I will say that the uh, overwhelming charcoal briquette flavor is probably not my thing. Right. But if you like that charcoal sort of uh, flavor, the rest of the cigar is not bad. First. Uh, and and to me, like, stand out with this cigar is I do not taste the sweet tip. I was the weirdo just now and licked my cigar, but I I wanted to see. Yeah, not not too much of a sweet tip to it, but it is it is still sweet, but it doesn't attack the palate like an acid would, for example. Right, acid is right. overbearingly sweet. Like if you put your tongue on that thing, it's it's like licking one of those what is it uh, like a Smarties. Mm -hmm. And since this is a Drew cigar, I kind of expected that. So pleasantly surprised. It's not overly sweet. Um, it almost tastes like they just kind of soaked the uh, cap in like fruit pectin, right? And glued it on there with fruit pectin. That uh, could have been the case. Kind of like the uh, Sobra Mesa. Ooh, um, great cigar though. <laughs> great cigar. Yeah, I mean, I I guess where I'm at right now is I can actually taste flavors other than campfire, which is really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Um. And it might have something to do with the Vitola. So campfire at the top for sure. Um, not as much like sugar as I was expecting, but just, you know, it's there, but it's almost like a, a hint or an afterthought. Uh, like you have to think about it. Um, but there's also like a peat moss earthy component. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think this might pair surprisingly well with like an Islay Scotch. Yeah, like scotch for sure, for sure. You know, like I said earlier, every cigar has a season and a reason. I'm going to peg this as a grilling mm -hmm. and campfire cigar. You're out there grilling meats, you're smoking your meats a couple hours. This is the one for that. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't dislike this cigar. Um, here's, here's where I imagine smoking this cigar. Oklahoma, primitive camping, September. Okay. Raging bonfire. It's about 
38 degrees out, three drunk dudes. This sounds like a true story. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> smoking this around the campfire with a bottle of Lafrogue. Okay. I, I can see that being a real like event experience. Um, as far as like an affordable every day, um, at 625, it's not the most affordable in this bunch. Um, and you don't get a ton of tobacco for, uh, for your money compared to the quorum and the primos and the unholy cocktail. Um, in fact, this is the smallest, probably tied with the chupacabra for the least tobacco that you're going to get. Um, and I will tell you, I think most people would probably get bored of this really quick as yeah. a daily. Yeah, I can see that. It's just a little too unique. Yeah, this is definitely like you're at you know you're at deer camp. Mm-hmm. You're kicking back by the fire, having a few mm-hmm. drinks. That's yeah, that's that's the the season and reason right there. I mean, I'm surprised. I think I can I think I can actually say I like this cigar. Mm-hmm. I just think it's contextual. I I wouldn't come into the lounge and smoke this. No, um, I would definitely smoke this with my fire pit going on my back porch uh, while I'm grilling steaks. Um, and now I'm really interested because. I think it has that like burning peat moss flavor that would really complement like a, a lowlands or an Islay scotch. Oh yeah, uh, pretty well. I would not pair it with a Highland scotch at all, but uh, you know it's got that same complementary flavor profile. You know the iodine, peat, smoke. You know, I would almost feel guilty smoking this in the lounge just because the aroma is very pungent. See, I don't want to say pungent, but it's pungent. Yeah. Same yeah, with acid, yeah. same as you know, a lot of those cigars that are flavored. Um, yeah. That is part of the experience, yeah. is the aroma. You know, you're, it's part of your senses. It's how you get the full flavor of a cigar as you smell it as well. So I wouldn't want to smoke this, in a, especially in a crowded lounge. Um, I feel like I, I'd, I'd feel guilty. Yeah, I think that goes into cigar lounge etiquette. Um, my recommendation as well, like, don't smoke this around somebody who's smoking. You know, imagine somebody just paid 17 bucks for an Ashton Monarch. You know, I love that cigar. It's a great cigar. But it has, like, sort of delicate flavors, you mm-hmm. know, that you have to pay attention to. And then the guy next to you is chugging one of these down, and you're like, I can't smell my cigar over your campfire over right. there, you know. Uh, and and while we're on that note, I think I would just go ahead and say this is an outdoor cigar. Yeah. I, yep. I can agree with that. Season and reason, outside. Yeah. Yeah, outside smoke. It's like the fourth time I said that. Mm-hmm. That's catching on to me. I like that, though. All right, so uh, my closing thoughts on the Drew Estate Kentucky Fire Cured Sweets Chunky. Um, yeah, it, I, it's actually an enjoyable cigar. I think you just have to have the right context. I wouldn't smoke it indoors just from an etiquette standpoint. I wouldn't smoke it in a lounge. And I will tell you, after about an inch and a half, I'm tired of it. Um yeah. It, it has a very like strong, overbearing flavor. So I think this smaller size, the 4x46 Chunky, is probably the way to go. I think I think a larger stick, I wouldn't get my money's worth because I wouldn't finish smoking it. You know, it does definitely taste like a charcoal briquette, you know. Um, the sweets component, I think, helps it out. Like having that little touch of sugar um, helps it out. And then other than that, I just got like, you know, kind of a burning peat moss, you know, that sort of earthy tone. And that was pretty much it. Uh, it's kind of a one-note cigar, I think. Yeah. Keith, what are your closing thoughts on the Drew Estate Kentucky Fire Cured Sweets Chunky? Well, keeping it simple, pass-fail, I'm giving this a pass. All right. 
Um, I would agree this is definitely an outside cigar. Not something I'd want to smoke indoors. Not something I'd want to smoke in a, in a crowded lounge. This reminds me of the, the shamrock shake from McDonald's in the sense that if it were on the menu and you're having that all the, you know, if we're on the menu all year round and you have this, you know, multiple times throughout the week or something or too often, it's going to get boring too quickly. But yeah. if you have it once in a while, once a year, twice, you know, whatever, it's not bad then. It's not going to get boring on you. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think this probably rings the bell for me as an affordable daily smoke because I wouldn't want to smoke it every day. But it is an affordable smoke, and I right. think it could be really enjoyable in the right context. Right. All right, so we are done with our gauntlet, and my palate is cursing me out. How about you, Keith? Yeah, no, it is screaming. I got to brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I got to clean, cleanse this palate and just restart. Yeah, we're going to have to rest for a little bit. I hope all of you out there in podcast land appreciate the torment we put ourselves through so that you don't have to. And I think it's time to rate the cigars. Yeah. So just as a recap, the five cigars that we smoked were the Diesel Unholy Cocktail, the Esteban Carreras Chupacabra Hellcat, the J.C. Newman Quorum Havana Q, the Blanco Primos Classic Natural Toro, and the Drew Estate Kentucky Fire Cured Sweets Chunky. So I will go first. And I am going to rank number one, the Diesel Unholy Cocktail. I think that was my favorite out of the bunch. Um, it is the strongest and the boldest. Um, great flavor profile, oak, leather, earth, spice, pepper, uh, bold and strong, smokes about an hour. Great deal on the 5x56 Torpedo. Number two for me would be the Blanco Primos Classic Natural Toro, 6x56 at 425 This is a great value. Um, a light, sweet, spice, vanilla, oak, leather uh, flavor to it without a lot of the bitterness that I typically expect from a Connecticut shade. And right behind that, I would have to put the Havana Q, the 5x56 Double Robusto at $3 is the best value, I think, that we smoked. Um, this is a Nicaraguan puro, espresso, leather, earth, caramel, a little pepper, uh, very mild, probably the mildest of the cigars that we smoked and has that sort of delicious Cuban, uh, tradition of light, floral, aromatic, um, very enjoyable smoke. Um, number four for me would be the Kentucky Fire Cured Sweets Chunky. Um, like I said, it is a very strong charcoal briquette flavor. The sweets, I think, adds a needed touch to it. A little bit of that, like, smoking peat moss flavor, I think, in the right context and setting. Uh, enjoyable, not something that I would smoke every day. And, uh, bringing up the group, the Esteban Carreras Chupacabra Hellcat Hellcatito at, uh, 4.5 by 44 box press, um, the least tobacco for your money retails for six twenty five. Um, it was just flat. Um, there wasn't really a lot of flavor there. It it tasted like burning volato leaves, uh, mid to full bodied. Um, didn't didn't smoke much of that, and uh, that's kind of the order that I would put them in. Uh, Keith, what are you thinking? I would go with number one. I'm gonna have to go with the. I'm gonna have to go number one. I'll have to go with the Blanco Primos. Surprisingly, I did that over the, the uh, Havana Q. 
So I go the Blanco Primos number one. I'm gonna go with the Havana Q number two. I'm gonna go with the Diesel Unholy Cocktails number three. The Kentucky Fire Cured as number four. And hmm, participation trophy goes to <laughs> Esteban Carreras Chupacabra Hellcat. All right. Well, that's it, folks. We decided to branch out from the conventional today and do something special for you, smoking five cigars in an hour. We definitely deserve a Boy Scout merit badge for that one. (laughs) And hopefully we've given you some food for thought about what could be an affordable daily smoke for you uh, going forward. And with that, it is time for us to wrap up the show. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. See you.